1: You're listening to The Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 114 of The Corona Diaries. You've managed to make me laugh on the introduction for the first time ever. That
0: sorry, was... I, sorry. I just realized where I was and where I'd been simultaneously. And just...
1: <laughs> you had that what was the name of the fella in Young Frankenstein? <laughs> you had that the one with the funny eye. Marty, Marty Feldman. Fel- yeah. You had a Marty Feldman expression there. That was the one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it put me right off.
0: Sorry. Do you want to try again?
1: No, I think we should leave it. I (laughs) think we should just crack on. Do you know what? First time for everything. That's me not being able to do the intro. Brilliant. Um, How's the jet lag? Uh, Acceptable.
0: Is it? Um, Acceptable, yeah, thank you. I'm coping quite well. Um, Obviously, I keep falling asleep for no reason at any time of night or day, but I'm fine apart from that. I've just been watching the tennis. And, um, you know, Nadal and um, Fritz, and that was quite a game. And then amongst that, a man arrived at the door and wanted to look round our house. Um, he was from the council. It's because we're going to have a refugee or two and they want to have a look. Right. They like to look at your house and they want ID and they want a gas safety certificate. Not for me, for the, for the house. Um... And all of that to check that you're, you know, you're kosher. You're not going to stick them in a dirty room full of damp or anything. Um, so, yeah, he arrived and that sort of interrupted the tennis a bit. Uh, but he's, he's very nice. And he had a look around and uh, he's gone away again, happy. Um, Back to uh, East London, where he'd come from, strangely. And um, so then I watched the rest of the tennis. Then I had some gin. Um, <laughs> Never would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what with all of that, I was, and then I got up here, and my son, my young, my young. My young lovable child had stolen my microphone and gone to France. So uh, I had to go and find it and screw it back on and then work all my gain structure out again, mm. which is always tricky uh, when you're sober. But after mm. you've had a bit of gin, mm-hmm. oh Lord. Uh, so that's why I'm late. I was just getting my gain structure together, finding my microphone. Get my mole grips out as well because he he tightened it on his mic stand with mole grips naturally. Um,
1: (laughs) Kids. Surely you must have known where your mole grips were because the man who came around to check the house will have wanted to see them amongst other things, won't he?
0: No, he was all right. He just wanted a. Driver's license a passport and a utility bill, because right. two forms of photo ID were not enough. No, blimey, they're careful.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if they are going to give you, you know, a, a human being to take care of, mm. I think it's, I think it's all right. Isn't it? Well, I've got no
0: intention of taking care of her. I'm just going right. to let her stay in the room.
1: Right. <laughs> That's a fairly momentous decision.
0: What not taking care
1: of her? Well no.
0: <laughs> no, opening your opening your home. It's crucial at this point in my life, right. I tell you. Um oh no, sorry, what what are you saying?
1: It's a momentous decision to open up your home.
0: Yeah, but you know, you should. These people are desperate. So um Lenata said we should have we should have some refugees up the top. And I said of course we should, darling. Sort it out. And she did. She's very efficient like that, isn't she? <laughs> when she wants to be. When she wants to be. <laughs> yes. yes. If I wanted to be, she she tends to drag her feet a bit. Yeah.
1: Don't go anywhere near her belly button, but give her five, <laughs> five minutes and she'll get she'll get half a dozen refugees in your house. <laughs>
0: Yeah, as long as they don't arrive with tin foil and sharp knives,
1: we'll be fine. Be fine. Yeah. Okay. Um. Obviously, I asked you about your jet lag because you've just got back from Canada.
0: I have. Yes. When was that? Was that yesterday morning? It was actually. Yeah, I got off the plane yesterday morning. Um, and that what we took off about an hour late, but considering this you know what the state the airlines are in it was actually all right the journey i just went straight to sleep and uh, and then woke up again and had a cup of coffee and got off mm. um so it was good kudos to british airways for, for functioning where where all others seem not to be um and leanne who looked after me and the um, in the cabin. When I say she looked after me, I mean I, she brought me a cup of coffee. Yep. Yeah. Which uh, she did with great aplomb and niceness. So kudos to Leanne. And um here here I am. I felt a bit I felt a bit whoa, you know, as you do when you when you're jet lagged and you've done three nights on the bounds. Screaming you right off. But I'm I'm alright now. I've had my gin and all's well. Uh, Ian, it was a funny, funny weekend because Ian wasn't well. He he came off the plane in a wheelchair in Montreal because he was felt so weak and he'd been throwing up all the way across on the plane and in and out the gents, being sick. He was in a right old state, so. We were in we were in Montreal for about four or five days and he spent it all in bed and you know, we got doctors into him and goodness knows what. Taking uh, blood samples and poo samples, which Frenchie had to take across town.
1: Of course he did.
0: <laughs> He's <laughs> got
1: a dog, he'll be fine.
0: He phoned me up, he said, I've got shit to do, man. <laughs> And he really did.
1: And he really did. <laughs> <laughs> but, we,
0: but, but all all his tests came back clear, and uh, nobody's quite sure what was up with him. I think he had what I had in Sweden, this kind of shadow of COVID thing, mm. you know, bastard son of COVID that mm. creeps in, doesn't test positive, and makes you much siller than when you've actually got it. Um. Coupled with, I think I think the illness made that he went off coffee and didn't want coffee, which meant that he got colossal withdrawal from stopping drinking coffee, which made him much worse. So my money's on son of COVID plus caffeine withdrawal and yeah. possibly nicotine withdrawal as well. So I think he kind of had a triple whammy of... Um, of illness and cleaning up
1: <laughs> combined. Anyway, now he's back on the caffeine, and he's feeling much better. Right. Because we we did kind of reveal that in advert, well we didn't reveal it inadvertently, you knew exactly what you were saying, but in in an extra piece of content for the for the for the old purples. We did. We did, you, yeah. we did actually reveal. It. Did you get into trouble?
0: I don't I don't know if anybody's noticed yet. Right. Okay. Um anyway, it's too late to get into trouble now because because as it turned out, he managed to do the shows, which was impressive because he, he he was in a bit of a state, but he did the shows, he played really well, the shows were amazing, the audiences and the audience in um, Montreal was you know they're always great, but they were really great off the scale, so they were it was a special weekend that one. I guess made slightly more special by the fact that we were all relieved and could play at all. Yeah. Um, So it was a great success. It was a a a happy sort of a happy time. Uh, It's still nice to be back, but it's it's always nice to be in Montreal and bugger around the old town a bit. The old town's lovely. Mm. The new everything that isn't the old town has been a building site for 30 years and and still is. They don't seem to ever finish it. The roads are always dug up and the buildings are always half torn down or half being built. It's a funny city in that sense. But um, the crowds are amazing and the old town is fantastic.
1: Boston was like that for years when they were doing what they called the big dig and you used to go back five years since you'd been last and nothing had changed.
0: Yeah, well, Montreal's been like that for thirty.
1: Mm. That's Amazing. impressive. That's impressive. Um, just before we get any further, mm-hmm. you're slightly you're slightly jet lagged, or you there's remnants of that. So you know you could you could keel over at any moment, which all mm. of which is fine. And and you've had some gin. Uh, do, do we think we're going to get much in the way of serious content to that? Are we just going to bus our way through it?
0: Yes, both.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Fine. I don't know if you're going to get any serious
0: content. (laughs) I've never known that, Anthony. That (laughs) was never part of the original game plan as far as
1: I was (laughs) aware. No, no, no. I was just searching back through the uh, comments and I found what I wanted to find, which is Peter Davis. Um, Peter Davis, bless him, who came up with a really good suggestion, which, to be fair, I I, I took some slight affront to when I read it for the first time. But then, when I'd calmed down, I realised that actually his point was perfectly valid and uh, and, and quite a reasonable suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a suggestion uh, regarding the research, stroke, memory problems for the album discussion episodes. So he's kind of he's he's, he's passing comment on both of us, really. Mm-hmm. You in terms of memory, and me in terms of research, which is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. I got no problem with that. Um what we should do is wait for the excellent beyond you and me podcast to catch up with us because they're oh, currently yeah. on somewhere else let them go an album ahead and then basically just borrow all the research they've done before we chat all right well that sounds quite inspired yeah so you can you can see why I was probably you know a little bit miffed you know initially mm-hmm. you know thinking well this is this is a big part of the writing process is actually on you know, on on TCD, mm. uh, which I think is is gives it a certain authenticity. Mm. Um, but they probably they probably know far more about what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, but I I would argue that 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 um, <sighs> I don't know what I'd argue.
1: No, no, neither do I. <laughs> do you know?
0: I wouldn't argue.
1: Yeah, well, don't argue that. And, and since and since then, Paul, um, Paul, who who does the uh, uh, beyond you and me, uh, sorry, between you and me, I'm, I can't get the podcast name right now. Um, um, he he's come back and said that's fine, absolutely uh, fine. But borrow away, borrow away. That's, that's absolutely very sweet fine. Event. Yeah, which I think you know. Um, again, I'll probably. Probably a little difficult for him to say no, you can't have it. But you know, he's come back and said, "Oh, that'd be fine." So, um, so you know, we'll 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 maybe think about that for the future. Yeah, we'll 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 wait till he's caught up with us, and then we'll yeah. review
0: what oh. uh, he said, and we'll uh, we'll we'll you know, we'll we'll go. We'll, you know, we'll have a little chat about that. Yeah. You or know, maybe like, if you like could new go an album ahead. That, new evidence that has come to light since yes. the trial. <laughs> yes.
1: That yes. kind of thing. That kind of thing. <laughs> but, Paul, if, you, if you're listening, maybe if you could go an album ahead, that would help <laughs> us because then we haven't got to wait for you. Mm-hmm. I know he's going to throw your timings a little bit, but I think in this instance, I think it's probably worth you, you maybe moving your timings a bit. So if you could jump ahead from here, maybe go to... Well, I guess it'll be Less Is More next, isn't it? But we can probably work Less Is More out between ourselves, really. So if you can jump ahead to, uh, to sounds that can't be made, uh, that'd be great, actually. And right. then we can we can just steer off of that. Seems like a plan.
0: Less Is More <laughs> was hot. That's all I can remember about it. It was so hot. We were recording that in the summer. And I remember trying to play Quartz, you know. We'd, we'd done that rearrangement, they thing. Uh and I was trying to play that on Pete's old what's it called? He had this funny old keyboard instrument that his granddad had given him.
1: Ah, I thought you were gonna say
0: Capri. Dulcitone. Dulcitone. And I was trying to I was playing that riff on the Dulcitone, and it was so Hot outside. That was I was wet through, and I could barely think. And um, none of us could remember the arrangements because we were we were too hot to remember anything. And that that's what I remember most about less is more being utterly incapacitated by the temperature outside.
1: Right. Okay. Well, that's going to be a short run of episodes then.
0: That and the that and the Dutch guy. I said, "Yes, your new album, Less Is More." For me. Less definitely wasn't more. That that was his comment. That he crossed it, crossed, a, <laughs> crossed, crossed a shop, the road to tell you that. He crossed the shopping mall and came to the <laughs> back of a clothes shop to tell me that.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a Spinal Tap review, isn't it? Part
0: of me is quite glad I didn't punch him, and the other part of me has never stopped wondering why I didn't punch him. But there we are. Uh, I, Not because he was right or wrong or
1: because I've got
0: you know but it's just so rude, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, but what I like about it, if you're gonna be rude like that, at least at least own it. Cross the shopping mall to deliver that line. Mm. Don't don't just throw it out from nowhere and walk away.
0: He went to a lot of trouble to yeah. tell me that he thought my new work was rubbish.
1: Right. Did you say he was Dutch?
0: Yes, he was actually.
1: Mm. Not wishing to,
0: you know, cast any stereotypical nasturtiums. Well, not this
1: week. No. What's a a stereotypical nasturtium? I thought it was a plant. (laughs) Don't you worry.
0: That's for me to know.
1: Uh, Right, okay, fine. (laughs) Fine. Um, If you haven't worked out, if you're joining this podcast halfway through and you think that H sounds a little bit pissed... um, there's a, there's something in that. I also wanted to say. So I've dug these out. Look, these these the vinyl, no less. Yeah. Of 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 happiness is the road. Um. So the hard shoulder That's the hard shoulder. I've got essence over here. Mm, the red one. Um, the red one. Look, very nice. Very nice. The artwork's yeah. fantastic. By the way, we haven't really talked about the artwork, have we? Oh, I'm glad you
0: like it. That's Simon Ward once again. Mm.
1: Absolutely brilliant. Really, really, really brilliant. Particularly that. That's a lovely image. With the upside-down smiling rainbow. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. genius. Yeah. yeah, that is just absolutely amazing. Um, so what I was going to say was, we've talked a little bit about the album. We've talked a little bit about the recording process, a little bit about the writing process. That's fine. I'm not going to push me luck too much tonight. However, a <laughs> couple of lyrics. Just Ooh. inspiration behind... Yeah, a couple so some of the lyrics are quite self-explanatory. Okay. And we've talked a little bit about that train is my life, yeah, yeah. Um well this train is my life. Um so Thunderfly. Hmm. Inspiration behind.
0: I think it was a literal inspiration. Those those little black flies you know at that certain time of year that get into your clothes and tickle you know and and bother you um, and I was trying to liken that to um, you know to a, to a lover or an ex-lover or, or somebody who kept playing on your mind and, and you know bugging you in, in the um, in that sense. So I was just trying to liken the, the physical sense of a little thing that that gets under your clothes and messes with you, um, to you know someone who gets under your skin emotionally and messes with you. Um, that's really what I was trying to say. In a little uh, the. Little corn flies a mess with my nerve and it's just like you. My little corn fly, you know, she comes with a summer what is it? She comes with a perfect summer days, but she never stays just like you. So it was it was about it's about a, it's about a love, it's about a woman, uh, who's playing on your mind. Um and you know, Calling them, the, the, you know, "You're my little thunderfly." I thought it felt like quite a, a rock and roll, almost like a fifties rock and roll image as well. Calling yeah, somebody yeah. a thunderfly, you know, like, a, I mean, I don't know, it could have been a car,
1: couldn't it? The Ford Thunderfly. Of those those gangs not... in Greece. Yeah, exactly. You know, on yeah, the back I'm... of on the back of a, a, a like the jacket.
0: I had a bit of that feeling about it, and and I I I was always channeling ever so slightly channeling Elvis, you know, with yeah. the Thunderfly. A <laughs> little So I I was channeling channeling Elvis a bit when I was singing it, because we've never really channelled Elvis much in the past. So I thought it could be quite cool to go there. So it was all of those things at once, really. It was quite literal about, about you know that sort of time of year when, um, when they're harvesting, which yeah, in August aren't late it? summer, it's usually boiling hot. You, you yeah. usually um, you're usually sweating inside your clothes, and those little flies are, are tickling at you. So I was just trying to combine all of that imagery.
1: It's there's, there's that definitely that late summer vibe, mm. uh, you know. Like I say, uh, everything's the last bit of flower, um, and, and it's that early that early evening sort of. You look and you can see, yeah. I, no, I, I get it. I get it. And they get
0: they get behind. I think I said they get behind. You know the way they get behind your uh, picture frames
1: those flies,
0: don't they? And then they then they die and they just
1: stay there. Just stay
0: there. You, you end up with a few of them behind the glass and you picture frames and
1: Or spotlights in the ceiling. Yeah. you got spots Sp- and they end up they end up under the how, I don't know. Yeah.
0: But... So 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 they were all, you know, they were literal images but they were also metaphors for, you know, memories that memories that never leave you. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's fine. Like that. Like that. Though I also like the idea of um that that kind of fifties gang thing, you know, that West Side Story, the Sharks and the Thunderflies. I like mm. that as well. That's yeah. that's nice. That's nice. Um, Asylum Satellite was that? I mean, because that's quite a story. That's quite a literal story in the lyric. Was that just something that came to you? What if to get rid of all the all the all the the weirdos and the nutters, they just shoved them in a shoved them on or something and just sent them away.
0: Yeah, it was just a what if. It was something that entered my head one day. I don't quite know where it came from, but I've got those words. You know, to send us up here to get us out of the way. It was a, you know, it was all it was that Orwellian 1984 thing. But um, you know, I guess it's also there. There are regimes on Earth now, aren't there? Where we might, you know, when we look at other. Chinese are doing with the Uyghurs, um, You know, if you don't fit in, if you don't tow the line, you're shipped off for reprocessing. Mm. Um, and although it probably wouldn't be terribly economical, said he, a member of a country that is now shipping immigrants to Rwanda. Uh, although it wouldn't be terribly economical to to put you know people who don't conform in rockets and send them up to satellites <laughs> and just have them orbit the earth where they're safe you know um and that they can contemplate you know it would be quite a good punishment wouldn't it to to have to contemplate the beautiful earth for the rest of your life whilst whilst hovering above it and not being able to be there would be a torture um so I think that was just something that came to me one day as a, you know, imagine if if we had satellites that were correctional facilities, stroke, mental hospitals. Um, and the insides of these things, you know, the insides of the ISS and, you know, the space rockets are a little bit like padded cells. They're usually white and padded, aren't they? Um so I was, I was imagining this padded cell, really, that that orbits the Earth. With these people who um, were arrested in the middle of the night because the government changed, and they were deemed a threat. Uh, so the police came, took them away, and now they're all. Orbiting the Earth in Asylum Satellite One. They're not mad. They 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 might actually be the sane ones, hmm. but that's where they've been. They've been put out of harm's way.
1: It it feels like a a Gilliam Terry Gilliam film.
0: Yeah, it feels yeah, like but, a film
1: he would have made. Yeah, the, the, it's that
0: kind of imagery, isn't it? It's sort of space two thousand one, and yeah, and time bandits and i guess it's it's all of those things together just just sort of took the cross between the padded cell and the space station and um did you see that film silent running about those guys who were in that spaceship and they'd got the last plants they'd got this enormous greenhouse and they'd been tasked with um taking the last plants uh, and looking after them in this spaceship because all the plants were dead. Um, I can't remember whether, if it was Earth or their own planet but these it's called Silent Running and all these guys are in this spaceship and they get up every day and they go and tend to the plants in this massive sort of arboretum. Um, so... I, I guess it was a little bit influenced by all of those things at once. But it was just a a what-if. I mean, I didn't get it from a book or from a movie per se, but I probably got it subconsciously from a combination of 1984 and, you know, Space 2001. Mm. Was it 2001? You Yes, 2001, Space Odyssey. Yeah, Space Odyssey and... All of that.
1: And you're absolutely...
0: Can you hear me, Major Tom? All of
1: that. And and you're absolutely putting yourself in that group of people who are rounded up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that... um, I mean, it's a miracle I haven't been rounded up yet by somebody.
1: (laughs) Well, they've been round today and they think you're a safe pair of hands. (laughs) They do. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been
0: Mossad. He... Could have been a plant. <laughs> Just having a... I don't <laughs> he think pro- it was Mossad. Probably fastened a couple of bugs on the walls as he went round. You know.
1: What car was he driving? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look. He didn't look. <laughs> always check the car. International <laughs> plates. Always check. <laughs> yeah, blimey. And while we're on lyrics, and we'll fi- we'll finish it this one. Because mm. I don't want to push me look, and I think we're doing really well. You are, considering I've had gin. Yeah, you, yeah, no indeed. I'm I'm with it. So, <laughs> talk me through Planet Marzipan. Ah, uh, well. I guess that's a, in in many ways
0: it's a similar it's a similar sort of theme I, I, um and it's probably not terribly original. I'm just imagining a, a a space alien that comes to this place and can't cope with with many aspects of it the The air's all wrong for him, and the the atmospheric pressure's wrong and he's kind of he's got extremely thin skin to the point where you can kind of see through him um and being on Earth almost makes his skin burn. You know, it's deeply irritating to my the air's so thin on my skin. Um, so he's he's existing in an atmosphere which is completely wrong for him because he comes from from an, another place where the atmosphere is totally different. Um, and he is. A, total pacifist in the sense that he, he he finds it absolutely bizarre how human beings are um how we're so primitive and so brutal um he can't begin to get his head around it you know i'm the man i'm you know my eyes are screwed up so i'm accustomed to the light I wear this mild expression, I'm an alien to aggression. Music only does me and my skin's so thin. Um, so you can't bear to listen to music, it's actually physically painful
1: mm.
0: because it, it hurts his skin. Um,
1: you don't think subconsciously you're talking about the ageing process there, do you? <laughs>
0: No, I, I, but I am talking about myself, you know, d- to quite a degree. D- d- you can feel sometimes that you just don't belong here.
1: Yeah.
0: Like the, the everything that's going on in in society is so stupid and alien to you. Um, and you start to wonder, you know, is it, is it, what's the matter with this place? Um. And if they came down, you know, if the little green men were to come down, what would they make of us? You know, we're, we're so primitive, we're so stupid. Um, the fact that we can't live in peace and we have all these weapons and we could blow ourselves up a hundred times over. How crazy is that? If you went somewhere else and they were like that, you'd think they were all mad. Mm. Um you know, seen it all before in the kindergartens of the universe. What I meant by that is that the way we're acting. If you were from a race or a culture of alien that 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 was smart enough to have made the journey here, then by virtue of of having to be that intelligent, you your mind would boggle at how stupid we all are. Um. So I was just imagining a space alien coming to Earth, being deeply uncomfortable with every aspect of, of the planet, especially the people and the culture of the people, uh, being unable to cope with the sunlight, being unable to cope with the atmosphere, being unable to cope with music uh, because you find it physically hurts you, all of it. Um, and, and tr- trying to just just observe what's what's going on really mm. and it you know my, my i've I've always I've always liked marzipan so that's why I call myself the man from the planet marzipan you know in fun um at one point I used to refer myself as that and so that sort of spawned this whole idea of of an actual alien visited Earth.
1: Mm. I, I, the aging thing was was just, and it probably caused quite literal, but it was the same thing again about the thinness of the skin, when you know, as you age, um, struggling with light, struggling with loud music, that kind of thing. But I suppose yeah. you could you could flip that a little bit and go, well, there is an age element too, because what you really you, you're saying is, well, actually there's there's an infancy to the human race that's essentially you know we we are just not developed with what with with how capable we could be we've made very little progress in a lot of ways
0: yeah we would like to think we've come a long way from the monkey and we really haven't no and so if an alien was to come along you know he'd find us almost indistinguishable yeah.
1: <laughs> emotionally from the come on sunshine that, what do you think this is that kind of vibe you
0: know they haven't come far have they no you know in in terms of how they are what they want you know monkey wants a new toy and all that. i've been banging on about that for years but um we are you know when i was in when in the 70s when i was growing up i used to go out in doncaster on a on a saturday night and i and that, it used to boggle my mind i used to think oh god
1: I think Doncaster would still boggle your mind on a Saturday night. <laughs> Probably.
0: <laughs> Hold me, chips. I'm going for a piss in car park. Exactly.
1: Um. Oh dear! What a what a way to lead into a diary entry that was. Because <laughs> I bet they don't do that in France.
0: <laughs> you can't imagine that they do, can you?
1: <laughs> no. Hold me free. <laughs>
0: <laughs> donnez-moi, donnez-moi notre fruit. No, donnez-moi votre fruit, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> Je suis popping for a while. So. <laughs> I, I
1: thought you, I thought your French might leave you at that point. <laughs> Je suis allé
0: pour pipi. Dans le
1: voiture park There you go. That's got to yeah, be indeed. somewhere near it. Yeah, it's got to be close, hasn't it? <laughs> got to be close. <laughs> we we better go to France then. <laughs> Am I in France now? You are. You're in, you're you're in Paris.
0: Oh, fantastic! How how fortuitous.
1: <laughs> it's as if we planned it. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna yes. Well halvin chips. I'm I'm just going to Paris. Tuesday, fourteenth of September. Paris Elise Montmartre. Roused by the TM to be told that the boss would only be able to park briefly outside the Élysée Montmartre, so we'd all better be ready to run, rolled out of bed into the familiar gloom of a bus deck in submarine scramble mode, bodies pushing past and falling over each other, and pulled my bits and pieces together so as not to have to get through the day without something crucial. Out in the street it was sunny and I stumbled out of the bus into the familiar bustle of Montmartre's busy streets. Straight up the hill I could see the gold-painted carousel, and above it the surreal white, enormous glow of sacre Coeur. Elyse-Montmartre was open for access, so I climbed the steep stairs into the main hall, which looked like it had been hit by the world's biggest litter bomb. The floor looked like the immediate aftermath of a pop festival, ankle-deep in rubbish, particularly squashed plastic beer beakers. I tiptoed through the mire into the dressing room where a guy was mopping the floor, decided against an immediate shower and wandered back into the hall looking for coffee. At the back of the hall, a middle-aged woman had arrived and had set up a buffet and an urn. I remembered her from last time we played here. She's been serving breakfasts to bands and crews here for years, and deserves a name check. Thank you, Françoise Michelet. Coffied up and sat chatting to the crew and band. Pete's reading a book about Elvis and keeps coming out with interesting and little-known facts. Elvis used to use three different types of hair gel at once. One for the front, so it would flex when he shook his head. One for the sides, which must be stiff so nothing would move. And yet another one at the back, to achieve the all-important DA. My dad told me about this. It stands for duck's arse. He'd done this since before he was famous. As with all success, attention to detail is vital. While I drank coffee at the back of the hall, an amazing transformation was taking place as a small but highly effective team of guys, all black, swept and then mopped the floor of the hall, leaving it immaculate in well under an hour. I decided I'd pop outside and try to wake myself up a little, so I wandered down the street where, already, I spotted a guy in a Marillion t-shirt waiting at the road junction. I kept my head down and managed to avoid getting into conversation. It was a little too early in the day. Found a couple of music shops and eyed up a powder blue Fender Jaguar, which I wouldn't have minded owning. It wasn't particularly expensive, but I'm a bit skint at the moment, so it wasn't really an option returned to the gig and showered before venturing back out with Paul Ralston, who was still keen to interview me further about the songs on the new album. We headed up the hill to Sacre Coeur. By this time, it was a glorious day, and there were many people sitting out on the grassy slopes below the cathedral sunning themselves. We climbed the wide steps up towards the church and I was immediately accosted by a dodgy bloke from Senegal who hustled me mercilessly into allowing him to weave a cotton braid for my wrist. I acceded while his companions hustled Paul who was much more experienced at refusing. I was declared to be, quote, a good man, unquote, while Paul was reviled as, quote, a Nazi and a fascist. I was then relieved of €10 for the character reference, but I must admit he made a nice job of the wrist braid, which I'm still wearing. We arrived at Sacre Coeur and walked around it while Paul marvelled at its design, and then I suggested Place du Tertre, the little square to the left of the church where all the artists paint and sketch for the tourists. We settled on a street cafe where we ordered Vin Rouge and I spent the next couple of hours being interrogated on camera by Paul. As I talked, we occasionally paused while I signed autographs for passers-by. On show days, I become famous. It's our honeymoon, said one couple. Another memorable moment was when a French guy with his hair tied back came up to me and asked me if he could shake my hand. As he did so, he said nothing, but he held my gaze and the expression in his eyes was so meaningful that I felt tears welling up in my own. This might all sound a bit loveyish ish but you'd have to have been there really to feel it. As he walked away, I turned to Paul, who was already shaking his head in response to the gravity of that unspoken moment. My words have reached deep inside some people and sometimes they just want to let me know. Some people can say more with their eyes than their mouths, and I can listen with my eyes often better than with my ears. By the time the interview was over, it was almost three thirty in the afternoon. Today's an early show, eight p.m., and sound check is set for three thirty. So we hurried back down the steps for the short downhill walk to the Elysée. When we returned, I ran straight into Bertrand Pourcheron, journalist and long-time supporter of the band who had brought me a bottle of wine. The French seem to set great store upon the giving of gifts, and I've never walked away from a Paris show empty-handed. check progressed fairly quickly, and we were done by 4.45, so I figured there was still time to get a cab across town to La Bastille, where my favourite sock shop, Bexley, is situated. I always buy socks from here. They're 100% cotton and reasonably priced if you buy 10 pairs at a time. So whenever I'm in Paris, I try to pop in. This time it would be more of a saga than a pop, but it's not every day I'm here and I had a couple of hours to kill. I made my way back outside onto the Boulevard Rochois, where I was told I'd get a cab no problem. Hmm... As it turned out, it was 5pm on a Friday afternoon and taxis were pretty scarce. Empty taxis were non-existent and I walked up and down until about quarter past before persuading a notoriously reluctant and usually deliberately difficult Parisian taxi driver to take me. The traffic was hellish as it is in all the world's cities at 5 on a Friday afternoon and so we arrived over at the Bastille around 540 To my relief, the shop was still open. I dived into this lovely little shop, all wood panelling and dedicated solely to handmade shoes and socks, if you pardon the pun, and selected 20 pairs of socks in various colours. I waited for about 10 minutes while a particularly delicate and slightly fraught debate took place between the shopkeeper and a lady customer in front of me. As far as I could tell, it had something to do with the exchanging of a pair of her husband's shoes. Her husband, meanwhile, stood courteously behind her, as if to say, she's much better at this kind of thing than me. The delicate debate finally concluded to the customer's satisfaction and the evident relief of the shopkeeper, and the couple exchanged the shoes and made an exit. I managed to pay for the socks in a couple of minutes, i.e. roughly how long it would have taken his previous client to ask the way to the door, and emerged onto the sunny Paris street, proudly clutching a bulging bag with the satisfied grin of a mission accomplished against all odds. For some reason it was much easier to find a cab for the return journey. Maybe I just got lucky. Back in Montmartre, There was a large crowd outside the Elysee, so I kept my head down and negotiated my way up the side streets unnoticed. I don't feel the need to avoid our fans, but in this situation I would have been stuck for an hour signing autographs and this would involve me missing dinner and not being able to chill out before the show. Popped up the side street to the Café Montmartre. Believe it or not, they have a picture of me on the wall. I don't think they have the faintest idea why, but the owner took a shine to me last time I was here and had minutes, steak and chips for dinner before returning to the show. The club was packed by now, so I had to hide in the dressing room until showtime. In the meantime, Paul R. filmed me doing a quick hello-I'm-sorry-I-can't-be-there message for Willie Robertson's birthday next week. Willie owns Robertson Taylor Insurance Brokers who insure the whole of rock and roll. We've been friends for many years and I was invited to his birthday bash at Shepherds Bush Empire on the 8th of June. I'll be on tour, so I'll miss it. Shame. P.S. Now, sadly, the late Willie Robertson. Much loved and much missed. H. 2014
1: And we're back. Um, And I'm not going to ask you a question about the diary. Um, For no reason that actually, or for the reason that actually, I haven't read it yet. Um, I know you're in Paris, but I haven't read it yet. Um, But I did want to ask you about um, the new album and The weekends because you've now played the new album, what,
0: five times? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. less. Lisbon Lisbon and another place Sweden. Sweden Stockholm yeah five five times now in its entirety how is it now coming together it sounds great it sounds great live and and when when we perform it we go from one end of it to the other and we get to the end of care it feels like barely any time's passed it feels like 10 minutes mm. you know it, so it doesn't feel anything like the length that it actually is because it flows so well and personally I find it such a pleasure to sing um, you know and with, with every song that is finished I think oh it's this one next oh I'm looking forward to this one you know so that's a great feeling and it has that natural crescendo towards the end of it, with the angels, um, not on the walls of churches and all of that. Um, that you know, I, I sort of look forward to that moment as well. The whole time I'm I'm working my way through the album, um, and it's been so well received by the fans. You know, it makes everybody very emotional. Of course. Um. So I've really loved doing it, and you know I'm looking forward already to the to the autumn tour to be able to to perform it again.
1: Yeah, because the crescendo at the you know at the end of Care is that is that outpouring at the end of the album, whereas actually if you look at Fear, the All One Tonight moment is is in the middle, isn't it? You know, yeah. You do it chronologically. Yeah. That 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 bit that you get with care, which naturally provides that finale, that natural finale is, you know, as I say, it's in the it's in the middle of um, fear. Um, Mm. Whereas, say you play AOS all the way through, and you've got that, you know, you've got that build to the end of King, haven't you? And there's that big end as well, similar to an hour before It's start.
0: I guess that's true. Yeah. But um, and I suppose the crescendo on fear is at the end of the new kings, isn't it? Or is it? Is the new what's the last song on fear? Do you know?
1: Um, well, it's you finish with new kings, but then there's a, hmm. a little refrain at the end, isn't there?
0: What's the refrain
1: at um, the I'm, end? I've do you know forgotten. what? I'm sure there is, but I'm now going to be. <laughs> well, tell you what, get Paul. From between you and me on the phone, let's ask him. <laughs> Tell us what what, the, hell, what that, the hell did we do, Paul? That would be the easiest way of finding out, won't it? <laughs> no,
0: but for me, the crescendo and um, fear is the you know the the Spitfire and the right, bop, bop, right. Bop, see, I still see remember in the a time you thought you might have believed in the school. So yeah, it's really me ranting against England, you know, and what what we've what what it's become. Um,
1: no, I get that, I, I, and I get the build. I just that moment of everyone together in at the end of the levers is kind, to me is a bit similar to the end of Care.
0: Yes, especially in so much as it's um, it's a positive and yes. beautiful notion. Yes, whereas the, the crescendo the end of New Kings is pretty bleak. Um, it's nice to end on a on a sort of positive note, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I in guess. the same way you know, end of a few words of the dead. Same thing again. You get that, yeah.
0: That, and made that. again on the end of brave, brave yeah. as well. You know, we felt we we, we're going to have to finish this with. We're going have to have to finish this with a bit of sunshine. It's so dark. <laughs> so we felt we had to do
1: something. Oh, you old, you old romantics, you.
0: <laughs> well, it was mainly Dave me Was
1: it? I I didn't want it on there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine what. What, he really what, had to twist my arm. What a profound effect that would have had on me if that's how he'd had to leave it. <laughs> Probably throwing himself under a bus. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, it's a miracle he hasn't.
1: <laughs> should, we, should we call it a day and let you have another gin? Oh, that would be delightful. Is that that's all right? right? Yes. I think we've done really well, actually. Yeah, we have, considering the state I'm in. Yeah. I mean, um, by we, I mean you. I've just had a normal day, but you... you, No, I mean you. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one who has to try and talk to me. (laughs) I've been in a really nice piano shop today. Oh, lovely. Have you ever been to Forsyth's in Manchester? No, but I'm going to go. Next time you're in Manchester, you need to go to Forsyth's. Oh, Forsyth's. Okay, so it's, it's a music shop on five floors. Right. And the second floor is just full of pianos. So it's kind of like a northern version of... Um chapels of Bond Street, Yamaha Music London, the one we were talking about right. before with the, with the big room it's a bit like that
0: oh, I'll go next time. you'll, you'll have it. no a, idea it existed
1: well, here's the thing, so I was in there today and I was chatting to um I was chatting to Emma and to Simon who own it and uh and a guy comes in off the street and sits down at this piano don't know if it was a Schimmel one or a Bosendorfer it might have been a Bosendorfer mm-hmm. grand piano. Lot of money, lot of money, yeah, big, 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 big cash, and he sits and he, he plays for a bit, and then he disappears off. And and they turn around and said, "That's Alan Clark." Oh, uh, what? My mate Alan. And and it was yeah there, yeah yes because he, he lives there of course yeah he's a Manchester boy, and he goes in to have a, a little noodle, goes in on his bike, has a little noodle, right, and, and then wanders off. Oh, well. well, I'll be seeing
0: him soon because be, I'll be doing cropping with him.
1: Right. Well, I was eight feet from him, but, you know, I was none the wiser until he'd gone. Yeah. yeah. I, you
0: should Google him. You should Google what he's done. It's unbelievable. Well, he was TV. Dire Straits, wasn't he? Yeah, but he he's was deep. in a whole lot of other stuff right. first. Because well, he
1: said, he's oh, Alan Clark who was Dire Straits. He said, well, if we played a bit of Telegraph Road, I would have known who he was. <laughs> but, you know. Right, well, there's everybody, not just me. Google Alan Clark.
0: Google his CV. You'll go. Jesus, did he do that as well?
1: Right, well, I'm going to do it when I've go I'm going to do that while you're drinking gin. I'm going to do that. Hmm. Right, well, I'll see you. I'll see you next week. Okay. Brilliant. Well, I enjoyed that. I'm going to go well, and have another gin now. Right. Well, you, yeah, yeah. I think you should. I'm going to see if we've still got a prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have to finish the bottle.
0: Tootloo Did anyone see my last marble? As it rolled out
1: and over the floor
0: It fell through a hole in the corner Of a room in a town on its tour. It's me without your last marble I miss it, not rattling around As I lie in my bed There's a space in my head Where there used to be colors and sound Short croon cast this week. Left it all to the last minute and I'm jet lagged. Run off my feet cause my daughter has moved house. So I really have to go. Wasn't even time to make this rhyme. So the standards have slipped somewhat I know Thanks everybody for listening especially Patrick Deuter and Jocelyn Huo It's been lovely to be with you, crazy kids. Not to be with you, what be a crime? It's been lovely to be with you in podcast land again, although I still haven't had time to make much. Rhyme.
1: Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.